Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Pergimol Posagalf. Lakol Zaman. For all there is a time. Targum says, Lechol Givar Yese Zimna. To each man, his time will come. Lechol Zaman, according to Targum, means for each person. The, the English, I guess, uh, adage, every dog has his day. Say, for, for every experience under Okay, there, there are a lot of different interpretations. Season set for everything. Right. That's the Targum's understanding. Lachol Zaman. Lachol Givar Yese Zimno. Ve'es Lachol Chefetz Tachas Hashemayim. And a time. For every object or matter under the heavens, Tagum translates, Vidna, and a time, the whole iska, for all engagements or action, business, Techos Shemaya, under the heavens. So every, every person has his, his time, and there's a time. Or the various activities that, that should be engaged. There's an experience in so far. Okay. And Rashi says a little bit differently. La kol zaman al yismach ha'osef b'hon. Mahavel, don't rejoice with a gathering of wealth from uh, frivolity, as it were, something ephemeral. If now it's in his hands, in the future, it will be inherited by the righteous. Elo shadayin lo man. The time has just not yet come. Ki zman kavua Everything has the time that's fixed for when it shall be. So, a person should uh, recognize that, that he is a custodian. Whatever wealth is in his hands um, and not gloat over it, not uh, not view the, the acquisition and we saw in the previous verse actually a hoarding as something to be proud of it has no permanence that, that wealth and power that, that is 
currently in his care has a purpose. Perhaps he'll be aroused to be the uh, righteous that inherit it, so to speak, and utilize it for good, or it'll pass from him to fulfill God's purpose. But the hoarding is nothing to be proud of or to rejoice in. And continuing, he says, Rashi, Lechol chefetz, Lechol dava. For every matter. Kol advarim krim chefatzim, Beloshan mishnah. A chefetz normally means an object, or an object of desire sometimes. But in this context, it means everything, any matter, for everything under the heavens. So it's a little bit different than Targum that is referring to the Cholchefetz as Iska, of an engagement, of an activity. Rashi's speaking of Dvarim, Chafotzim, an object, all objects, the appropriate time for, uh, for, for everything. Matter is a little different than object. Matter implies activity too. Right, right. The this Farno says La Kolzaman and this is in context with the previous verse, the end of the second chapter, that is disparaging uh, senseless acquisition and hoarding. Here we're talking about engagement in a productive manner. In spite of the temperance that was being advocated in the previous verse, the pursuit and attempt to acquire and achieve in the temporal, in this world, is also important and should not be scorned. It should not be uh, viewed with disdain entirely. But what is appropriate is that it shouldn't consume a person's full energies and times. It should be at times. He needs to work. He needs to do things. He needs to make acquisitions but it should be, at times, not all-consuming. That's the way the Sephardim is learning. It, uh, remind, reminds me of his comment in Vayeshev, where Yosef is tattling on his brothers, they're not doing a good job tending to the sheep. Tells his father, problems. On that verse, Vayove Yosef es dibosam ro'a elavyam. And Yosef brought the discussion of what they were doing that was deficient to their father. 
Ba'amal la'aviv, she'echvahayutoyim, he would tell his father that his brothers were bumbling, un'lefsidin, ivlidas keroi b'meleches ha'mikneh. They were making careless errors, causing losses, concerning the flocks. Then he adds, Shahai Sa'az Iker Hishtad Lusam Bikniyas Osher Unechasim. Because at that time, their primary engagement was to acquire wealth and assets. So when he was speaking bad about them to their father, it was at a time when that's what they were focusing on. And he was saying they're doing a bad job. They're messing up. Clearly, Shifte Ka, Shifte Yeshurun, the 12 tribes, under the guidance of their father, Yaakov. What are they focusing at this time in their lives? Says the Sfarno, Iker Hishtad Lusam at that time, Oz. Then, was Bikniyas Osher Unachasim. The primary engagement was to achieve assets and wealth. Remarkable. It's not, it doesn't sound like he's saying it in, in a negative way. He's just pointing out the disastrous effect. It wasn't that he was... Yosef wasn't merely saying some small side criticism. It was about the primary engagement at that time. But again, important, us, at that time. Zman, ace, there's a time, says the Svarno, to pursue, we live in this world. We need to make sure that we can get on in the world. We need to be sustaining, take the proper steps to achieve. But it needs to be within the right framework. Not all the time, not all consuming. Ki amnam lakozman. That's that's what he interpolates into the verse. Vaalze yoid hanesoyin betvius malachios kemoshesipin. And to this idea, he's going to bring the experience, the natural experience, uh, and various crafts as. Uh, delineated the following 28 pairs as the Sfarna's uh, interpretation framing this as achieving Chaye Shah how to get on in the world uh, in spite of the warning not to amass and hoard but still one needs to acquire and ensure that they can live chayesha. Torah values chayesha, the the temporal, even even the short moments of life. We need to sustain ourselves right here. The life of the hour. Literally, the life of the hour. Mm-hmm. A person could even be machal shabbos for chayesha. Person cannot live. The doctors say he's not going to make it, but. Maybe it'll he'll, uh, have live five more minutes if you uh, if you turn on the heat. I don't know. Yeah, make a fire for him. So do that.
Chil Shabbos, even for Chayesha. You know, it's very short. Every moment is. So important. The to save a life, or is it not? The Kach Nefesh. Kach Nefesh. Right. Right. The Mitzuras David says, Zaman, shum davar ba b'mikre. Nothing comes by accident. Vizdamin bezman. It's not. Uh, things don't happen in in a uh, in a jumble, but rather come at their time. Zulas zman kol echad bezmano ba bavur siba hakodemis. Each. Each thing has a precedent and is born out of what came before. So there's there's an ordering to things, there's a progression, a sequencing, and when the time comes, so it develops as such. The ace Lachol Khevit Sachas Hashamaim. The Mitzvah continues, L'chol ha-devorim, and a time for every, uh, either, either thing or every activity under the heavens, all matters, kol ha-devorim, she'odam chofetzbo, that a person desires, gamazeh yeshitz, also for this there is a time, ki lo b'chol eitz yachpotz v'davar echad. It's not a person doesn't have a desire at all times for one thing. Sometimes a person wants one thing. Sometimes a person wants another thing. As will be explained in the, the coming verses. Under the heavens, Everything that pertains to this world. So sometimes a person wants wants to have uh, have a meal. Sometimes a person doesn't want to look at food. There's, there's different times what, what, uh, what a person wants to do. Uh, and and the, the timing, he says, is, is also an, an outgrowth of the precedent, what came before. So what... The, the natural progression is, is not just um, a chronological sequence, but also a, a precedent that causes what comes next, what is desired next, what is, what is appropriate. Let's take a look. Ace... Laledes, a time for birth. Rashi says, Letisha Chadasha, nine months. 
gestation period of the human being. That's the, the time of birth. The ace lomos, a time of death. Here Rashi switches. The ace lomos cuts off ketav shnos kol davadar. The, the set amount of years for each and every generation. There's a, an, an era. That era is finished. Era comes and it's finished. That is also similar. Um, here Rashi is switching from the individual. The, the time of gestation is nine months. Whereas the time of death, he doesn't focus on the individual. That's not a, uh, a uniform time, right? Even though we do find, Pasuk says... Uh, the verse describes man as as being cut down to 120 years uh, after the flood, or in result of the flood. Uh, but that that does not reflect uh, a uh, a time, a fixed time like nine months of gestation that that yields the birth. Well, he does. He does seem to understand a a natural uh, era, an epoch. You have a, a generational shift, and every generation is like that. Generation. I, I mean, to what, when you call a generation beginning and ending, of course, you know, there's it's it's not necessarily easy to pinpoint precisely because people are born and die all the time. But the spirit of the times is something that can clearly no longer be present and ha- have died, essentially. It, it's, it's something that, uh, that we see and refer to a, a tkufa, a time period, a cycle that, that is no longer to... A time of death, we uh, in the year 1900, there are approximately 1.6 billion people alive on this planet. Not one of them is alive today. Right, every single generation. This is uh, a facet of of our existence. It, it not only is the individual mortal, even on a on a broad scale, there are shifts in generations, that generation is gone. That their way of doing things, their perspectives. It's that uh, uh more anguished sense of of the mortality. Cold of Ador. Ace Lotas, the Ace Lakor Natua. A time to plant and a time to uproot the planted. Here Rashi switches to the political Goy Umamlocha, a time to plant a nation 
and a kingdom. The ace lacquer. And a time to uproot, a time to uproot. Ace Yovo Leakir. In a in a broader sense, you can have a, a nation, a kingdom that is multi-generational, but nonetheless, it too, after being built up, will have a time that comes where it is uprooted. Or it becomes a museum piece. No longer uh, maintaining currency, no longer relevant to people alive today in, in terms of their sense of social organization, government, culture, society, even in a multi generational manner. The, the Rambam in Mornavuchim actually says that, that the eternity of the Jewish people is unique that the other nations all rise and fall and, and lose, actually, their national identity. Mm. That's, that is something that uh, would be an exception. Part, like an exception. part of the uh, uniqueness of the Torah, God's covenant with the Jewish people. But yeah... It, not only on an individual level, not even on a generational level, even on a national level, a nation can perish. There are no uh, Romans, even if you carry an American Express card, but they're not actually identifying as Romans today. Maybe you have Romanians, but I'm saying, you know, but Romans, <laughs> it's in ancient Rome. Different people have carried the torch of Rome. Uh, cer certainly, you know, the, uh, there, there are, you know, you look at the, the coinage of the United States government there, certainly you look at the monuments that are built, clearly uh, presenting a continuity of sorts, but nonetheless uh, not an actual direct continuity. Goy Mamlacha, a nation and a form of, of kingdom will have its time after being built, if planted, to be uprooted. Uh, I'm not sure why the, the usage of planting and uprooting is, is used, according to Rashi, as a metaphor for a nation, but perhaps the, the life of a tree is uh, something that, from a human perspective, is multi-generational, and that's, that's why he would use it as a, a metaphor for something that grows, comes strong, stands tall, and ultimately withers. Tagums has, has a different idea. Tagums says, Idon Bechir Lemelad Benin. There's a time that is uh, ideal are chosen to give birth to children. So that this is a, a nice logical con continuity from what he said before of the ace, the whole chayfets, and a time for every iska, for every engagement or asek. Okay, we'll take a look, take a look. 
So at a time for uh, for having children, there's a time that is, is a choice time for that, that is appropriate for that. Ve'idon bechir lekatlo benim misarvin. And there is an appropriate time to kill wayward children. Whoa. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Margazin lekatlushon ba'avonin to to uh, to to uh, stone them by the word of the judges this is a, a clear reference to the wayward son that the Torah prescribes death penalty for the eighth chapter of Sanhedrin focuses on that. Ben Surah Not recommended. The Talmud says various ideas of whether it actually ever happened or not. But certainly we can learn a lot about uh, what to do, what not to do uh, from all the fine details of that halacha. Yeah. Didn't we just read that? Didn't we just read in the uh, Parsha that, uh, or, or somewhere recently, that the death penalty is prescribed if you don't honor your parents? Well, that's that's for cursing. Right. That's for cursing, cursing. or striking. Okay, right. That's yeah. for cursing or striking. Yeah, that would be another case. That's true. That's another case. That's uh, true. So Dennis Prager's The Rational Bible, he makes a commentary on this. A lot of people see that as an example of the barbarity of, of the Torah law. But he says, no, this is very progressive because it takes out of the parents' hands once and for all the authority to kill their children because that used to happen in ancient societies. The parents would kill their children. And even today in a lot of uh, recovery groups, you see parents abuse their children. So by this, it's, it's giving to the court the responsibility and taking it out of the hands of the parents. Do not have the right to kill their children. Yeah. And once That's again, true. whether or not the court has exercised that authority very often. Or yeah, not. and then the court would say to the parents, "Well, did you raise the child? It's the parent's obligation to raise the child, not to tell him he's, he's stupid and worthless and he's good for nothing." And yeah. some parents say that to their children. They they kill their children, um, uh, spirit morally and emotionally, Second if not if not physically, and so. The court's role in that is to teach the parent and the child, and it's actually it, it's good for the child in a way. Um, I don't know how you would respond to all of that, but that was like Dennis Prager's no. rational Bible response to the uh, to the secular objection that this is a, uh, a barbarity. Well, the the idea of barbarity, I think, is is overblown, especially since it is illustrative of what should be. Um, as opposed to an actual occurrence. This, the, 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 yeah. the requirements to actually have the child stoned are so far-fetched to the extent that the Talmud says it never happened. It, never happened. it is just, it's just a source of, of um, guidance yeah. on how to raise, how not to raise, and what leads to problems. And conceptually, the, there are a lot of important ideas uh, like you pointed out, Almeimar Dionayo, at the, at the, based on the verdict of the judges, um, 
that that is uh, important to to know that that's uh, an an aspect um, of chinuch. There can be a point at which it's uh, beyond the capacity of the parents to deal with, and it needs to be brought to the courts. Um, although the the uh, the idea that that it's um, well, it's not entirely out of the, the parents' hands uh, to the extent that conceivably they can forgive the uh, the damage, theft, affronts, whatever was was done to forgive the the death penalty. That that's uh, a remarkable idea. The parents do have discretion concerning that especially when you consider the opinion of the Yadrama. Yadrama says in Sanhedrin that the idea of killing this wayward child well I say child he's he's uh, a young man he's bar mitzvah but uh, very young bar mitzvah and He's set up on a path. The idea, Yomos Zakai, Val Yomos Rosha, he should die while it's before he's committed the crimes that he is invariably set upon. It is an act of of mercy to an extent if he is irreparably destined to uh, a life of of destruction. The Yadrama says that it is essentially a type of rodev, that he becomes a pursuer. A rodev is somebody that is not, it doesn't matter whether it's intended or not, but they are bringing about the death of others. So whether they're chasing after them with a knife or whether they're um, causing their death inadvertently if they are in the process of endangering other lives their status is one of rode for pursuer and we're commanded to kill the pursuer and that's the the framing the yadrama explains of ben sorer umore with that idea the forgiveness of the parents becomes revolutionary because a rodif is a rodif. If he's pursuing, if you say that his course of actions will inexorably lead to the, the death of innocence, then how can the parents forgive? How can the parents not allow him to be brought to justice, to, to nip him in the bud before he becomes a monster? How can that be? Well, you, you have to say, according to Yadrama that the parents forgiving and saying we're, we're giving you another chance we do see redeeming qualities within you that that can breathe new life into this child this young man that he is no longer set up for, for failure no matter what A tremendous insight into the power of of parental forgiveness how, how life-altering that could be for the child. He's no longer 
in the status of rodif of pursuer that must be stopped. So the the uh, what was that? I'm sure we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The um, that's the way the targum is interpreting it. The ace lamos, as as not a, not a time of death, but of action, an, an actionable death, as it were. Meaning uh, a time of asek to engage, a time of engagement for birth, a time of engagement for death, sometimes there is an appropriate context for such a thing. Of course, usually it's more appropriate for Idin Bakhir Lamelad. A time to give birth is, is a much more common, uh, appropriate engagement. There's a time for that. When a person is, uh, is in a capacity to just raise children in a, in a good home. That's that's the time, and they can they can do that. Then then the conclusion of the verse, he doesn't say uh, as much about it. Time of planting and time of uprooting. He, he gives a pretty much direct translation. Idan bachir leminsav ilon vidan bachir lesharasha ilon nitziv. A time to stand up a tree, to, to stand it up in a time that's ripe for uh, uprooting a tree that is standing. He doesn't really uh, explain the the uh, the connection of the the tree to uh, to the birth or the time that's appropriate. To bring about death, um, even then, of course, it's for the greater good. Uprooting the evil from your midst. It's an exceedingly rare circumstance that the death penalty would be in order, but under the right time, there, there's a time for it. And the... Uh, Let's see. Uh, the Mitsudas David says, Ace Loledes Achav, Mefarshadvara Sometimes you have this great desire to have a child and sometimes you want to, or it doesn't have to be a child necessarily, but to, to give birth. And sometimes you may have a desire for the opposite, to kill that which was born. All of these have... Uh, have expression where a person wants one thing or sometimes wants the other, the opposite. Blakranatua, uh, he also says, like Tagum, it's referring to a tree, a planted tree, 
to uproot a planted tree. And there are, there are appropriate times for that. Right. Aislaledes, the Ibn Ezra says, his kereshis ha'adam v'sofo. King Solomon here is recalling the, the beginning of man and his end. It's uh, not like Rashi that starts with a time of gestation and then death of an, an era or a generation and then even a nation. It's keeping it focused on an individual. Gam Omar ki ein ha'itim k'tsuvos aben adam levado ki hine hanatim kein heim. The Nesra explains the, the continuity of the verse speaking of birth and death of individuals, of humans, that extends it to reflect a biological reality for more than just human life, but even plantings, it's not only true that there are fixed times for life that apply to men, but even plantings. It's a feature of living, of biological life, a time of growth, a time of standing up, strengthening, and a time of uprooting that which was planted. So the context of understanding the process of life. Yeah, the... Uh... Medrash on this Pasuk. The whole Zaman ve'es l'kol chayfetz. Zaman ha'ilol adam rishon she'ikones l'gan Eden. There was a time that was appropriate for Adam to enter into the Garden of Eden. Shenemar vayanichehu v'gan Eden. As it says, and he placed him in the Garden of Eden. Uzman hayalo she'yeitzemisham. And there was a time that was appropriate for him to leave from there. Shenemar, as it says, vayigoresh esa'adam. And he... Uh, Exiled man from the Garden of Eden. So the, the Medrash is saying for everything there is a time for, for, uh, it's, it's focusing uh, remarkably in that the, the story of man's experience in Eden in, in a fairly I would say, benign light. It's, it's often looked at as, uh, as a tragedy, and, and I don't doubt that. Of course it is. But it sounds like this was um, appropriate, as it were. This was, this was intended. It's not um, a terrible freak accident. But this is what was supposed to be, which um, I remember 
Rav Yosef Kamenetsky told me, I had a medrash that said something to that effect, that basically it was almost a setup. <laughs> and then the Archaim, Akadosh, says that Adam was almost forced into it. Yes, he was uh, guilty to some degree, but he he almost had no choice. By God, yeah. by Satan, by the woman, by his own Well, you know, nature. God comes with a shidduch for you. You know, sounds like a good shadchan, right? Says, I got this, this woman for you. Great. And then, you know, come home to eat dinner and before you know it, you're eating treif, non-kosher? What? Well, did the wait, woman have wait, a choice then? <laughs> because, because, you know, the, the, the nakash was Arun, she was more subtle, more right. wise, he was, he had, um, you know, he had divine knowledge and secrets of, you know, the, the hidden aspects of creation, I mean, like, he, he had all this, so the woman didn't really have a choice, she was deceived. Okay, she was uh, enticed. She was enticed. She, 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 was, she was deceived. The man was in rebellion because the man heard God's voice directly. And so man disobeyed God. The woman merely disobeyed her husband. And, and well, he was, he was conveying the word of God. So, so certainly he was a Navi, a prophet. Certainly, but and she, but it's she not... was confused. Well, the, well, the she... Nakash also maybe was persuaded, it was like a false prophet, right? So he's a false prophet, a true right. prophet. A person can, if they're not sophisticated, they can be deceived. Yes, that, that certainly, certainly what happened was, was tragic, but the idea that it was um, almost benign is implicit in this medrash that for everything there's a time that is appropriate going into the Garden of Eden and being kicked out of the Garden of Eden, it sounds like it was a setup. So it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, not not that it was a it was horrible it. blunder gone wrong uh, that never should have been. It sounds almost like Hashem obviously knew that was orchestrated. Of course he knew what would happen. Of course he knew what would happen. That doesn't take away and absolve personal responsibility. But of course, he knew what would happen. Uh, and, and nonetheless, it was consistent with his ultimate goals. His ultimate yeah. That, so that's, that's what I'm saying, that in a, in a certain benign sense, this is not just a, a, a terrible, freakish, uh, horrible, you know, error, gone, you know, that this went, went wrong and irredeemable. That's not what happened. Uh, and, and then... And it continues with it. Zman haya lo lenoach sheikonis lateva. There's a time for Noach to come into the ark. Shenamar bo elateva, as God said, enter into the ark. Uzman haya lo lote, and there was a time for him to exit, get out of the ark. Yeah. Shenamar tzei minateva. Get out. And also, um, terrible tragedy that uh, humanity was uh, and uh, terrestrial life was almost in a per period of hibernation where 
and the, in the world at large there was unfathomable destruction but the time to go into that cocoon of the ark and the time to go out and rebuild were also um, part of the broader plan as, un, as difficult it is to understand that There's a time for Avram, our patriarch, Abraham, to be given the covenant of circumcision. Shneemar, as it says, and you, as Brisi Tishmar, guard my covenant. So there's a time for God to pull forth from the uh, disarray of what humanity had achieved there was a time for establishing covenant that was through the circumcision with Avram and there was a time for his children, his descendants to have circumcision to enter into the covenant among them to be circumcised in two places. Achas b'Mitzrayim v'achas b'Midbar. Once in Egypt and once in the desert. As it says in the book of Joshua 5.5, Kimulim amayotzim. They were all, uh, the nation went out circumcised. In, um, yes. In Gilgal? That was when, when um, Joshua was So he describes what, what happened and that there was a need, a new need for circumcision entering into Israel. Uh, the the idea here, I think, is is also telling that, that the time is uh, not necessarily immediate. There's a big gap between the beginning of the covenant with Avraham Avinu, our patriarch Abraham, and the circumcision right before bringing the Paschal Lamb in Egypt or later, right by, upon entry into Israel, so many, many years later, and yet, this is a fruition of, and an, a, a, an outgrowth of the covenant that was started with Avram. Yeah. I have to ask a technical question. Sure. I hope, I hope you don't think it's silly. How can you be circumcised twice? I mean, once the foreskin's gone, oh. it's gone. Yes, that is true. That is true. It's a different generation. You're correct. You can't. There's nothing to cut. Oh, there's nothing to cut. Different generation. different generation. It is many years later. Avram Avinu, his circumcision was hundreds of years before the subsequent circumcisions of his descendants on a national level. And yet, till this very day, we say, to initiate him by the circumcision of our males on the eighth day to initiate them into the circumcision the covenant that God entered with our patriarch of Ramavim so, so this this conclusion uh, it is but from the time of Moses in the, in the desert it was a regular thing with every child right? so in the desert itself the Marni Vama says was actually largely on hold the desert we were encapsulated by the clouds of glory and it wasn't necessarily particularly safe for the Jews to engage in circumcision. Why not? 
they did not have the sun, which was helpful in healing. And circumcision requires a full healing. You can't circumcise if it's going to... That's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah of circumcision entails full healing subsequent to the circumcision. It's not meant to, to maim. Uh, it's, it's meant to, to yield a full person that is, that is not wounded. If, if there's no uh, certainty to that, it's a hold off on the circumcision. Notwithstanding that, the Levites, Livium, did continue doing circumcision in the desert. So that there was a remnant, just like they continued straight through uh, during the period of the Egyptian bondage. The Levium always did Mila. But there was a, there was a point of a lapse. There was a lapse between Avram and then the time of the Exodus, hundreds of years later, his children had disregarded the circumcision, essentially, except for the small remnant of, of Levi, the, the tribe of the Levites. Everybody else had given it up, and it needed to be reintroduced. But it's not viewed, that's the important thing here, it's not viewed as a brand new expression of covenant. It is a revival of the covenant yeah. with Avram. Well, from the time of Avram, there was a period when people were not circumcised. That's right. The fact. It's not Yaakov. No, then it was still still in business. But later, in the in Egypt, in fact, the Medrash says that Yosef got all of the Egyptians to circumcise themselves initially, in order to be sustained through the years of famine. But subsequent to his tenure. You, you have a period where the Jews were uh, vilified, and subjugated, and the Jewish practices were cast off not only by the Egyptians, the things that they accepted, but even by the Jews. To the point that right before the Exodus, in order to have the Paschal offering, the Jews had to have mass circumcision. You cannot bring a Paschal lamb as an oral, as an uncircumcised. So, oh, right, that, that, that Torah is given in Exodus 13 or 12 with the laws of Passover. Right, so, so that we can infer from that that there must have been a circumcision remnant, even though it's not written. And just a sort of last minute before the Because the law of Pesach is given. So right. they, they did not actually, most of the Jews were not having a circumcision. They had fallen to dis, disuse. That, that, that expression of covenant was, uh, was dormant. Yeah, and, and, and nonetheless, it, it, uh, it's not a, a failure on Avram's part. It doesn't, it, it's not, uh, even if there was a, a hiccup, as it were, when it was not expressed. Uh, Why would it he, be a failure on Avram's part if, he, if his children were circumcised? Well, they weren't. There was a point where they had given it up. We're given talking up. now about his great grandchildren. Yes, yes, it was an eternal covenant. Oh well, he, well, Abraham well, yeah. was still alive. But right, so it was it needed to be uh, re reintroduced to the majority of of his children. But uh, but it it did it was it was dormant but not gone, it was not it was not extinguished, that covenant was maintained. The ace l'chol chayvet sachas v'shemayim, a time for every thing or uh, engagement, as we saw various interpretations under the heavens. 
There was a time that the Torah be given to the Jewish people. There was a time for that, that matter that was given above the heavens. Now shall be given below the heavens. What is this? There was a time for the Torah to be above the heavens, and now the Torah is by us. Shenamar, as it says, Pashas Yisrael, Vaidaber Elimes Kol Advar Ma'ela Lemar. And God spoke all of these matters, Lemar, to say over. The Torah is is given over to us. It, it's uh, it's not given over to the ivory tower above the heavens. It's for us to to say over to illuminate for certain aspects for the Jewish people, certain aspects for the entire world. But it is given over to the realm of action, to the realm of implementation. That's a, a new phase of the Torah. That's a time, now is the time for the Torah to be implemented as opposed to when it was just God's thoughts, as it were, uh, reflection that of of uh, the mystical uh, representation of divine names that the uh, the angels were opposed to, to casting down to, to put in the hands of, of mortals. The time came to do so. So that's uh, a remarkable idea. The the juxtaposition of the first, the first one with the subsequent three examples. Uh, again, a- Adam being thrown out of the Garden of Eden, is being juxtaposed with Noah going out to repopulate and rebuild the world. Being juxtaposed with the revival of the covenant of Abraham and also being juxtaposed with the giving of the Torah. It's a very different way of looking at the expulsion from Eden. If you look at it in context, uh, the Mkumara says that uh, in a certain sense, death is called good. Also very enigmatic. But the, the expulsion from the garden was the beginning of the process. It was an end, as it were, of the Garden of Eden, but it was an end that uh, also reflected God's will. So it should not be viewed uh, as uh, as a mistake. And yes, there's culpability and suffering that, that man bears responsibility for, but in terms of God's plan, of, of his what he seeks to achieve, it shouldn't be viewed as an error the expulsion? The expulsion, right. Yeah, the expulsion was good. It's just the, just as le- just as leaving the ark was good, just as the, the descendants of Abraham redoing, uh, you know, re-entering into the covenant, continuing with the circumcision, just as the giving of the Torah was obviously good. And it's, a, it, it's a remarkable juxtaposition, this medrash, right. that uh, is casting uh, the, the, 
the time of the expulsion with these other positive developments. Hmm. Oh, so that's the context. Yes. Absolutely.